Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at dcaureview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Season's greetings and welcome to episode... 85 of the DCAU Review. I'm one of your hosts, Cal, and with me is the other host of our program, my good brother, Liam. Liam, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy anything else that you celebrate this season. Uh, Excited for this week's episode because we are covering a holiday classic. That is the right word for it, Cal, a absolute classic. We are, of course, covering on this week's show to celebrate the holidays, the wonderful episode of Justice League entitled Comfort and That's right. Comfort and Joy. Um, Yeah, so this is a unique episode in that it is it breaks up the format of your typical original Justice League series. Uh, most of the original episodes were two-parters, uh, some three-parters, obviously, in a couple of cases. But this is a standalone, single, half-hour, self-contained, enjoyable, holiday-themed episode that takes place and uh, deals with the majority of our of our seven. Five out of the seven are featured on this episode. But uh, w- before we get into the plot, why don't we get the official IMD sent? IMDB synopsis. I can never say that right. The IMDB <laughs> synopsis of this episode, Comfort and Joy, which first aired thir- sorry, 16 years ago, back on December 13th, 2003, on the Cartoon Network, Liam. Yeah, we just passed the uh, 16th anniversary of it. And this is the IMDB synopsis, as you mentioned, Cal, for the episode Comfort and Joy, which was written by Paul Dini and directed by Butch Lukic. And that synopsis reads as such. Members of the Justice League celebrate Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they definitely could have done a better job. I'm going to give that one uh, probably the lowest ranking we've had for an IMDb synopsis. (laughs) So uh, that'll leave us on our own to describe the plot before we start jumping into it and discussing our rankings. But uh, Liam, this this plot, the episode starts off on a distant alien planet where the Justice League saves these creatures. I don't even know what they are, or I think they give them a name at some point, but I have don't have a recollection of what they're called, but the justice league is saving their planet from being crushed by another snowy planet or something. They're going to ram into each other. Um, just happens to be a snow wintry planet that they're on. Uh, as soon as they wrap this up, they realize that it's Christmas Eve. Wouldn't you know it? So Clark Superman decides he's going to invite Jean 
back home to Kansas with him. He's going to Smallville because Jean expresses that he has no feelings about this. Obviously, he's a Martian. He's an alien. Of course, he doesn't have any Christmas feelings or understand what Christmas spirit is. So Clark's going to introduce him to tradition and the, the traditions of the, the Smallville way of celebrating Christmas. And uh, then we get Flash has his own storyline where he's got to find a much coveted DJ rubber ducky toy <laughs> for the orphans of Central City and the C- Central City Orphanage. And then we get a Green Lantern and Hawk Girl story where they fly off world to some planet where they go start a bar brawl, of course, because where, where, how else would Hawk Girl celebrate Christmas? But Naturally. Uh, by brawling with a bunch of aliens at a, at a, a brawl. So we get these three different storylines going on simultaneously. And really the only one with any sort of real tension seems to be the flash who is uh, desperate to find this toy, finds the final toy supposedly in the world by traveling to Japan where it's being produced or China. I think it's Japan, right? Is it Japan or China? I think it's Japan. Cause they show the, the mountain or the volcano in the background. Okay, yeah, I thought it was Japan. So he travels to Japan, picks up this toy, brings it back to Central City, and just happens to stumble upon ultra-humanite who's up to no good on Christmas Eve. And then uh, the toy gets destroyed. He's attacking a modern museum. That's the best part of it for me. (laughs) He's not robbing the bank. (laughs) He just doesn't like modern art, and so he's just... And it's, they even have like funny dialogue where Flash is like, oh my gosh, he's already destroyed the place. And Humanite's like, actually, I haven't started yet. <laughs> so there's like this weird drive-by commentary on modern uh, sort of expressionist art, which I thought was very funny. Uh, that is good. Now, of course, you mentioned this is written by Paul Dini, who um, we have not reviewed a ton of episodes, maybe not even any yet, that he wrote for Justice League. So it does have that deany flair of sort of off the wall humor um what did you think of this this episode the three different storylines did you have a favorite storyline if i had to guess i could probably guess what your favorite storyline is but what (laughs) what did you like about this episode and what did you think of these three different storylines yeah i think it's great and i think it's it's everything in this episode is what you want out of a holiday special of uh, of your favorite show whatever that is if it's a sitcom if it's a you know, hour-long drama, or if it's a cartoon in this case, I think you all, this is this has everything that you want uh, in a in a holiday special. We learn some lessons along the way. We get the sort of the general the sense of togetherness, and there's even sort of a, a Scrooge-esque character in the Ultra Humanite who uh, sees the error of his ways thanks to the Flash. So it's, it, it it checks kind of all of the boxes that you would want for a for like i said for a a christmas special a holiday special um so yeah i I loved it i think obviously uh the the martian manhunter story is probably my favorite for a lot of different reasons um i do really love the flash stuff too though just because i think there's some really good dialogue and we can get into some of this and voice acting later certainly but um when once the toy has been destroyed and, and the flash is kind of making his case, to the ultra humanite about, you know, these kids, he's doing this, as you mentioned, to, to get these kids from the central city orphanage, a toy they really want. And he talks about wanting to spread goodwill in the hopes that these kids will be able to grow up and they will 
in turn spread goodwill to others. And it's like, that's a really sweet, simple message. And I think that really works well. And again, the idea that the spirit of the season wins over even the, the, you know, the most hardened criminal masterminds uh, is, is really sweet and nice. And then, and then the, the Hawk girl and green lantern stuff, I guess, is, is this their first date? I, I guess. Unofficially? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that that's what you clearly have the, the, romantic undertones to it and the flirtation that has happened obviously we haven't covered every single episode but the the budding romance romance has been there for a while at this point and you know they they certainly a flirtatious snowball fight um and then the 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 setup of the bar brawl and how Hawkgirl incites it and sort of blame you know gets john in trouble while while inciting the riot and then cuddling up to him at the end and giving him a nice little smooch on on the cheek at the end um yeah i i, I guess you could quali- qualify that and classify that as their first date right <laughs> yeah i think so but uh, yeah overall i think it's great obviously like like i said i think the the jean the martian manhunter stuff in smallville is is really sweet because he's as you mentioned kind of the charlie brown of this piece he's mm-hmm. He doesn't quite understand what the fuss is about with with this Christmas season, with this holiday season. And throughout the episode, he first through interacting with the Kens, seeing a different side of Superman than he's ever seen before. And then through eventually going out into the town of Smallville and getting to actually experience some of the uh, the Christmas cheer that is out there in the town, whether that be sort of uh you know the 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 child who want who really wants to believe in Santa or uh you know some people who just sort of wave to him as he's standing on the street and then eventually he he goes to a church and he and he hears singing and that's when it kind of clicks for him finally what you know what what the season is about and what this what it all means not that it's a an overtly religious message but the you know again the the general messages as i mentioned of uh, you know of of what you want in the holiday special of spreading cheer and joy and and goodwill to uh, to your fellow man or your fellow Martian in this case. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I just think all around it's it's such a great episode, and I, I keep repeating myself, but I really can't think of a better way to say it. It's it's especially great as a holiday edition of this show. Agreed. We've already reviewed um, the only other in-continuity holiday episode that we've reviewed thus far has been Christmas with the Joker, which was way back at episode two, which you can hear at the archives in the archives at DCAUreview.com if you wish to check that out. But uh, we've talked to, we talked about during that episode how that episode nostalgically means a lot to us. But as far as an overall episode and and plot and certainly the the feelings the the warmth and and it's not really a warm fuzzy feeling episode it deals with a lot of the joker being crazy and attempting to kill people's parents and well you know attempting to kill batman and and, you know there's a lot of murder involved in that episode (laughs) not a whole lot of murder during this justice league episode here the stakes aren't very high um but but that lends to it in in and certainly makes it feel a, a little more laid back and a little less 
it, it was what was needed, I think, for the episode. The, st- the highest the stakes get are, is Flash going to get a, a toy to this, <laughs> to this orphanage or not? And when he, when he does, is it going to be in one piece or is he going to disappoint the kids? So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that that's great. There was a couple of cool little plot things, of course, that you will, I'm sure we'll discuss in the voice acting when it comes to Superman and his childlike appreciation <laughs> of of Christmas and believe still believing in Santa. Apparently um, uh, I, I liked that as Martian Manhunter was walking about town and attempting to, in an attempt to sort of understand Christmas and the Christmas spirit, they gave a note, a, a nod to the classic uh, Martian Manhunter is addicted to Oreos uh, yes. bit, which uh, if you're not familiar with this, just Google Martian Manhunter Oreos. It's, he has a large, long, historic comic book uh, history as far as his addiction to Oreos or, or what the, the DC equivalent to Oreos are. Yeah, I think they but, have uh, a big name for them. But yeah, it's, it's they're called like Chacos well or something like that. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it, it was cool that they were able to, to slip that in there. And, and certainly you get three different phases of John. If you didn't realize, you have his, his classic superhero hero version you get the the human version and that the by the end of the episode he's in his full like natural alien martian uh mode and and fully and totally appreciating christmas uh and the christmas spirit but uh yeah it it's fun it's a good episode it's self-contained i think of the three arcs certainly green lantern and hawk girl is the weakest of the three I yeah. think that it's it. I mean, it's nice, and it sort of advances them as characters together, and certainly advances their romance plot, which is good because the rest of the episode doesn't do much to advance the other two characters. That <laughs> gives a little backstory to Martian Manhunter and reminds you of Superman. You know that that the Clark Kent character is so vital and important to super who Superman is, but it doesn't really add much depth or anything. This episode could be taken out of the continuity and wouldn't necessarily be missed for the other characters, but it right. does the, the story arc for, for green lantern and Hawk girl does, does like you say, uh, play in later on and could be, could be their first date here. So, um, oh, all that considered, um, I, you know, it, it's, it's a little nitpicky, but I, I feel like just the Hawk girl green lantern thing brought, brought my score down just a, just a tad, just cause it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit goofy and I feel yeah. like I was disappointed. We can talk about it in visual and animations, but I was, I was disappointed. There weren't more cameos and a giant alien bar in the middle of DC space that there weren't some cameos. I could have used my, a, uh, a Lobo cameo. I think would have brought <laughs> this could have brought this score up a little bit, but uh, I, I went a, a very, very strong, very solid nine out of 10. What about you? Yeah. I went with the, uh, with the perfect 10 out of 10. Myself. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, it's like I said, I think it just it ticks all the boxes so well and presents a really nice, sweet message that, again, I think you can appreciate as we are here as adults. But that one you can that, you know, if, if a kid is watching this, they can still see it and just sort of appreciate it on the surface level as well. So, I yeah, I think it does what it sets out to do really well. There we go. All right, William. Second category that we will tackle today is visuals and animation. What did you like about this episode as far as the things that we got to see? Well, it's funny because, as you mentioned, with the stakes being so low, there's very little action 
uh, you know, other than some a brief fight between Flash and Ultra Humanite and uh, the Justice League building this device at the very start of the episode to keep the planets from crashing into each other, it's mostly uh, just sort of people talking or people walking around or obviously there's a little bit of the, the bar brawl on, on with Hawkgirl and Green Lantern, but it's, it's really interesting to me because it's such a, a non action episode here in what was still obviously a cartoon meant for kids. And it's, and, but I wouldn't say that's to its detriment. I think uh, the opening sequence is really, really well done. The weather effects are very impressive uh, it doesn't look like it's just, you know, the same, the same, uh, you know, snow where they, they flashed like water crashing, waves crashing on the shore. It doesn't look like it's just sort of a, you know, an animated GIF that's being played over and over again. Really, some really cool effects there. A lot of great hashtag Kate movement. Oh, that's right. It's back. And, uh, <laughs> and not uh, a moment too soon. Not a moment too soon. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I like the visuals of, of again, of, of Jean's sort of trip through Smallville. You know, they, they that and that speaks more to like the background design and some of that stuff of, of him, uh, you know, going through the, the very, very small old town with the general store and the little diners and uh, the church and everything that he sees all being uh, very cool and, and really well designed. Uh, as you mentioned, we didn't get a ton of. Uh, Easter eggs. We the swamp thing does walk by in the background of the mm-hmm. of the bar at one point, um, and we do get a couple of other small cameos. Actually, in uh, uh, Martian Manhunter is uh, it's mentioned that Supergirl uh, is is out of town, which is why she's not home. She's she's off skiing with uh, with some girl named Barbara. Uh, <laughs> not sure who that might be, but uh, on 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 her bed she has a couple of stuffed animals. One is. Uh, uh, a big, big cameo, which is uh, Zook, who was the Martian Manhunter in like his original comic appearances. It was like his little sidekick. Nice. Who, if I had to guess, was probably a stand-in for some sort of ethnic minority, <laughs> based on the way he his dialogue was written in the <laughs> panels I looked up. Oh boy! But he was an alien. Okay. So we can we can ignore that subtext if we want to, and. Uh, <laughs> Oh boy. But yeah, he was he was this wacky little sidekick that you know not quite a he was he was a sidekick unlike but he kind of got lumped in I think with like the bat mites and the and people like that who were sort of left behind once the uh, we came out of that that silver age of comics. Uh, but it was cool to see him. And there's also a wily e. coyote stuffed animal on on the bed, which yeah I did I see that, was, which is a nice little uh, which is a nice little bit as well. So. Yeah, I, I would agree. I could have used a f- few other cameos. I mean, there's some, there are some quote unquote cameos that were probably more likely just reused models. Like, I think one of the guards from In Blackest Night is in the background, and it looks like maybe one of the girls who was like on the collect the rope. Remember the robot girls? We haven't reviewed that episode, but the robot girls who are with Lobo on the collector ship. It looked like one of one or two of them were in the background. Okay. So. But again, that might have more just been reusing old models that they had lying around more than uh, sure. shoehorning in cameos. That being said, because the story did not require a lot of strong, uh, you know, a lot of over the top action, it's it was very tough for me to rate this because uh-huh. there's nothing 
bad visually in it, but there's also sure. nothing particularly spectacular. Like I said, I really like the opening scene. Some of the lighting effects they do, like at the end when Ultra Humanite has the little tree and in his room, the lighting effects on his face and stuff are very cool. Okay. But uh, I, I, had, I had trouble really coming up with a score, but because, like I said, there was there was some good and I couldn't really find any bad, I kept it really strong and I went with a 9 out of 10. All right, that's uh, that's strong. Um, yeah, I would concur with you. I think, like I said, my biggest disappointment is just the lack of cameos in a scene that was made for cameos. <laughs> an, an intergalactic bar fight. I mean, you could have had a, a lot of reoccurring characters or people that have come back. You could have had, you know, maybe not somebody as big as a Mongol or something like that, but you had a whole episode called War World where it's a <laughs> bunch of aliens fighting each other. I mean, well, why on earth would you not have some of those aliens featured featured there or, or just just some lesser known uh, DC cameos in there would have would have been fun, fun it's just sort of kind of winks or nods. Like Where, I said, where's my space cabbie, you know? Yeah, th- exactly. Or space chimp or, or detective chimp rather, or, yeah. uh, Adam I Strange. Mean, uh, yep. It, it, this, like I said, this was a perfect spot for you to bring in Lobo for two minutes, have him, <laughs> you know, have Brad Garrett give cut Brad Garrett a paycheck to come in and give <laughs> over three or four lines. Uh, and 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 give a little chuckle comic relief to this area but um uh, i mean yeah that's that's that certainly was a disappointment to me but it, you know that's beggar, beggars can't be choosers you that was the the sea level story for me i i think uh also you you failed to mention another cameo is a uh, streaky the super cat makes oh, uh right. makes yeah. reappearance uh, here, I believe she was featured in at least one of the Supergirl episodes before, but uh, reappearing and and uh, becoming fast friends with with Jean uh, at the end. Uh, we also had uh, DJ Rubber Ducky's design. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. Oh yes, um, the the rapping farting duck who <laughs> dances. Um, I, I did appreciate Ultra Humanite's uh, adjustments to him so that he, he talks more refined and has the voice of Ultra Humanite at the end yes. after he fixes him to tell the story of the Nutcracker. Yes. Uh, I, I thought that the, <laughs> I thought that that Flash putting Ultra Humanite in a uh, in a top hat and calling him like the ugly snowman or whatever he calls him. Freaky uh, the snowman, I believe. Freaky the snowman, yeah. It's just tremendous. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Ultra Humanite, please just take me to jail. <laughs> this is so good. Um, I, I think you were spot on. Also, a little more on the more serious side. Uh, the a lot of, something we don't talk about a lot is some of the painted backgrounds, especially once it's been switched over to digital animation. But mm-hmm. I feel feel like that that really set the atmosphere, especially for the scenes in Smallville. Whether it's the snowy night is on Christmas Eve as John is walking through, or that the Christmas morning as the Kents wake up and hear John singing, and there's a flash to the outside of the Kent farm, and the snow has stopped, and the sun is sun is rising, and there's snow on the mailbox, and it's the you yeah. know, the Kent Kent house is there. There's a tree in the foreground, and it's just a really really well done, well painted uh design work there and um yeah i I think that again i I don't disagree with you it's strong your point is certainly valid there wasn't a lot of action but there wasn't a lot of action needed 
So uh, with that, I kept the score strong as well. I went with a solid 8 out of 10 for visuals and animation. Plus, you know, we didn't even get to talk about Hawkgirl's cool jacket. That's true. That's <laughs> as we mentioned, she's on a snow planet, so she wears a... Sure, it's like a you know a nice a nice jacket to keep warm. Which... But not John. He's ni- he's full nips out on this. Yep. This planet he's... doesn't matter. I guess yeah. I guess the Martian. Well, they don't like heat. They don't like fire. I guess cold is fine with them. Yeah. I, I <laughs> one last one last visual gag was the uh, the fact that the sweater that Ma Kent gives to John was too big, so he uses his. Uh, <laughs> she's like, oh, we weren't sure what size it is, and he makes the 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 gag is he enlarges himself and, and makes the gag that you know he, he'll grow into it which was yeah and it also great. happened to have the charlie brown uh, design on it so uh, there you go very sure solid. that wasn't an accident yeah <laughs> is this the first appearance of the human version of jean also i think so um because obviously that's that's obviously in stuff we haven't reviewed yet he does sort of later on decide to go down to earth and and try to figure out who he is as a person and we see him take this form again. I believe he also takes it in Starcross at one point. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is uh, we don't really ever get like a traditional detec- detective John Jones like you may have seen in the New Frontier movie or, or some of the other versions of, of Martian Manhunter. Certainly, if you saw him in some of the live action appearances he's had. But, uh, yeah, I think this is I think this is the first time we've seen him like create an identity it wasn't him just shape changing into another person or creature there you go all right well so let's move on to our category number three which would be music i didn't have a lot of notes for music the only of course the the main musical standout point was uh jean's song at the end his martian whatever kind of song that was which i thought was (laughs) Which was uh, certainly unique, but uh, was a was a nice little ad, and certainly the Kents and all, all enjoyed it as well. Uh, Do you have any any interesting notes or anything in music that you that you wanted to notate? Yeah, we'll just mention here as we're talking about music. The score was by Lilita Ritmanis, and uh, yeah, some of the only music notes I had were one as as I already mentioned that scene at the end where. Uh, Flash presents Ultra Humanite with a, with an aluminum Christmas tree. I thought the music as as uh, Ultra Humanite turns on the lights and is sort of smiling and watching the show, and you see Flash kind of peering back in just to see just to see Ultra Humanite enjoying himself. I thought the music there was really sweet. Um, I I liked the music um, when just when Jean is is going around Smallville again. Like I said, it's it's very atmospheric and and you're right in the sense that it, there's not a lot of like specific themes. Like we talk about when there's a villain theme or, or when an episode has a, its own kind of unique uh, musical stylings. But I think the music is pretty, is still pretty perfect because it's, if it was more overbearing, I think it might've distracted from some of it. And because this is such a story, and dialogue heavy episode. I actually think it was to the, to the episode's advantage that the music kind of held back. And like I said, there's some sweet moments like in the jail cell or at the end, uh, after the bar fight is over, as, as you mentioned, and Hawkgirl gives John a kiss on the cheek and tells him Merry Christmas. There's kind of some sweet music that kind of brings in that GL Hawkgirl theme that I think we heard in the savage time, maybe the first time. Okay. Um, but that's been played uh, before. It's sort of, I guess, their 
on uh, their love theme or whatever. But um, yeah, overall, and I, and then there's as you mentioned, there's uh, Jean the the pipes on Carl Lumbly were very impressive to me, especially singing uh, this sort of weird Martian chant and uh, yeah. And I love, I actually do really love the choice of song for when he goes to the church in here. That's actually one of, it's, uh, it came upon a midnight clear, which is one of my personal favorite uh, Christmas songs. Uh, so that, that kind of bumped, <laughs> bumped my score. But like, but, uh, but like I said, even though the music is not super strong, and I guess we should talk about DJ Rabaducky's uh, rap, which is <laughs> something else. <laughs> um, I can't wait to discuss the voice of DJ Rubberducky also. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's something else. So like like I said, I think the music for what it needed to do in this episode was pretty perfect. So I actually gave it a perfect 10 out of 10. Oh wow. We are we are well on our way here to a very very high score. Um yeah, uh I like I said it I didn't have a ton of musical notes noted there. I think you're right. I think the music as Jean walks through the snowy Kansas uh, evening on Christmas Eve is, is the one that stuck out the most to me. Uh, there's, there's some music that's played during the snowball fight also between mm-hmm. Hawk Girl and Green Lantern, which I thought was, was solid. Um, I, I, I didn't think there was anything bad about the music. There were the, those notes were the ones that I had had made it, made a point at, at, uh, at mentioning. Uh, so I, I went with a solid again, we're solid. We're not, not <laughs> anything bad here. I went out a, a seven out of 10, uh, for music. Uh, not enough for the dis- not don't disagree with you. So I'm not, <laughs> not pulling out the disagreement alarm, but, uh, yeah. All right, let's uh, move to our final category of the day, Liam. That is going to be voice acting, and we have quite the uh, quite the crew this week. Let's let's talk about our voice actors. Yeah, and we'll of course get to our our main Justice Leaguers last. But as you mentioned, quite a few guest stars. We have the the returning Ian Buchanan as Ultra Humanite, who is just a delight in this episode. He's really good. Like, they really couldn't have. I was trying to think if they could have picked a better villain for that spot with the Flash, where it's like, no, like they couldn't. They couldn't do Grodd or Luthor because they're like too evil to have a yep. heart because it's Christmas. So I feel like Humanite though is kind of that because as we mentioned when we meet him, he's destroying a modern art museum in in what he calls a public service. <laughs> and, like, and, and like we said, uh, Flash gives him this speech about, you know, trying to give goodwill to these kids so they can grow up and pass it on to others. And it's I love when when uh, Flash asks if the toy's going to blow up and he just deadpan goes, Flash, it is Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think he's great. And the scene at the end with, uh, as we mentioned, with the tree as he. Uh, you know, he tells Flash that he had a, a tree just like it when he was a child and how it's it's really he's really, really good here. Um, and then we have uh, we have a returning Mike Farrell and Shelley Fabaris as Pan Ma Kent. Uh, I have well, it was cool that they even for this little bit part that they went out. And that's what one of the great things about the continuity of the D.C. universe, the D.C.A.U. specifically, is that they keep the characters voiced most of the time by the same people which makes it yes. feel familiar which makes it feel um you know 
important. And they, you know, these are the same characters that you got to know in Superman the Animated Series. Yeah, and uh, my feelings about... Uh, I've not always been kind to Mr. Farrell as podcast, <laughs> but I think for this episode, this is exactly what you want Superman's parents to be like and to talk like and to act like. So I think they're... And again, it's, as you mentioned, a pretty small role anyway, but I love Ma giving Jean the sweater, as you mentioned, and and Pa and 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 Super and Clark uh, arguing over who's going to turn the lights on the Christmas tree on. And, <laughs> uh, that was, I, I was watching it last night, and I I, mess, I had to stop and message you when I when I, <laughs> when I heard that line. Pa, that's my job. <laughs> yeah, just so good. Great. And then a, a fun little bit, as we mentioned, as Flash goes to the factory to uh, to uh, get the very last DJ Rubaducky toy in the world, talks to a man named Mr. Hana, who just happens to be voiced by Robert Ito, who we just talked about a few weeks ago, was the voice of Kyodai Ken slash the ninja. Oh wow! So even the bit player, uh, one of the bit players this week was a uh, was an old was an old uh, voice from a past episode. So. Uh, and then, of course, we have our main cast. Like you said, it's not the full seven. Um, we don't we don't really know what's going on. We don't hear any mentions of Wonder Woman, at least not directly. We know Batman is on monitor duty at, uh, at the Watchtower. And so we have our, our five remainers here. We have Maria Canales as Hawkgirl. We have Phil Lamar as Jon Stewart, Green Lantern. Carl Umbley as the Martian Manhunter. Michael Rosenbaum as the Flash. And George Newbern as Superman. And everybody's pretty great. Um, like we said, this is obviously a, another big growing episode, a big character development episode for the Martian Manhunter. But like I said, I was really, really uh, impressed with Michael Rosenbaum's uh, performance here because he probably has the most depth other than maybe Carl Umbley, where he has to go through a lot of different emotions and really kind of makes the emotional pitch of the episode again of like explaining why you give gifts. It's not just to give them a toy, but to, to spread goodwill and cheer. Like, and I thought, again, that could come off so hokey and silly and like a, you know, an old GI Joe PSA or something, but it's, it's pulled off really well. But uh, yeah, I thought our main cast was, uh, was pretty exceptional this week. Yeah. I think that overall everybody did, did does a really good job. Carl Lumbly, um, you know, having to, <laughs> Having to be that emotionless at, at some point, at some times, uh, <laughs> well, for most of the story, Alien is certainly not an easy task always, and and he creates a sympathetic character, and but still keeps that alien distant. You know, I don't understand how, what 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 this means, and it's funny. We the it sort of parallels in, in some way the episode that we covered last Christmas, which you can hear in the archives at DCAUreview.com, which was a Batman the Brave and the Bold episode, Invasion of the Secret Santas. And uh, in that episode, Red Tornado is the one that is trying to understand and find Christmas spirit. And that was, uh, he was voiced by, of course, Corey Burton, the goat. Yes. Um, but that that similar idea of uh, he's a rope, you know, Red Tornado is a robot. Carl Lumbee's an alien. Neither of them quite understand what Christmas spirit is or why Christmas is so important. And they're trying to find that. And uh, they both have, have a similar redemption story at the end. And b- both, I think, are able to invoke that uh, sort of, 
you know, how, 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 if aliens did exist, would they, would you try and help them understand just why Christmas <laughs> is what it is and, uh, you know, and, and why it feels that way. And the fact that they're, they both, and especially in this episode, Carl Lumby is able to sort of go through this arc of not having an understanding of what it is and, and, and then all, making it all the way to the end where he's able to, uh, you know, he's singing his Martian song was was great. Uh, pa and Ma Kent with Clark are are great. <laughs> I thought George Newbern was exceptional in, in the few lines that he has. There's several lines in this episode that we repeat still, which are still great. And this is uh, yeah, I say this is up there with the most quoted episodes uh, between you and I before we were ever doing this podcast. I think this uh, you mean Santa wrapped them is is. Yep, <laughs> was uh, was definitely one that's uh, that's probably been repeated as much as almost any line for many of these shows uh, between yep. the two of us. So, Pot and uh, Kent wrapping the presents in lead, 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 uh, <laughs> lead paper is great, and him, him, him still trying to use his X-ray vision to peek through <laughs> the the presents. Then, you know, confounded with it. ah lead, yes. <laughs> so, so such a good bit, and and delivered perfectly by George Newbern, who, by the way, does double duty here as he plays the voice of DJ Rubber Ducky also. <laughs> I wasn't uh, sure who it was. That's great. Yep. Yep. Which is which is what pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> Multi-talented George Newbern here. Uh, yeah. If you haven't heard the DJ Rubber Ducky song, go out of your way to hear this because it's <laughs> it is quite the treat. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're, we're certainly down the rabbit hole here. Um, yeah. Oh, oh. All that to say, it's solid. It's fun. I think you're spot on with Rosenbaum as delivering the, you know, the heartfelt. No, oh, but come on, you know, appealing to ultra humanites, humanity, as it were. Um, yeah, I, I think it's great. We already talked about Ian Buchanan's performance. Everyone does a solid, good, solid job. Even some of the characters, you know, we've we've picked on Maria Canals before, maybe not having strong strong debuts in certain episodes. I, I think she's she's shows more emotion in this episode, and certainly, you know, her the romantic side as she's flirtatious with 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 John is 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 allows her to at least expand upon that. So I went, uh, I went very solid. In fact, you can't get more solid than the score I gave, which is a solid 10 out of 10 for voice acting. Yeah. Very nice. I, I also gave it a, a 10 out of 10 for nice. all the, all the, and one of the, I love the scene uh, kind of early on in the episode when, when Superman and, and Martian Manhunter are just talking and, and Martian Manhunter is like, I've never seen this side of you. And like, he, he keeps all, you know, kind of like accidentally calling him Superman and is kind of like forcing himself to call him Clark. And, and Clark's just like, yeah, but that's, what's great about coming home. Like I can be myself. And again, that's sort of at the end is what Jean learns. As you mentioned, he returns to his true Martian form at the end when he's singing a song. And that's what, uh, you know, that's and I, I thought that was a nice, sweet moment. And, and I, yeah, every everybody, I think, in, in the in our main cast is is really strong this week. And, and even as you mentioned, all of the, the great acting Carl Lumbly has to do in this episode. He's also funny in it, too. Like when he's standing at the Kent's front doors and just deadpan goes, my name is John. I'm a Martian. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Pa and Ma immediately just pull him into the house and say, oh, and kind of shrug it off like. I mean, this is at the very least the third alien they've they've met in their lifetimes. So, right, uh, 
so it's old hat to them that that yep. Clark would bring Clark would bring some other uh you know strange visitor home with him for Christmas but yeah it's it's a really really just great job all around and uh, yeah everybody does a good job and and like like you said I, I think Phil Lamar who we haven't really talked about much but he he again like talking about you know growing up uh, with his grandmother and how much he loved snowboarding and snowball fights and things like that and and uh, I, I think he does a, a good job in his in his small role as well. So just yeah, just great. Everybody's great. <laughs> Everybody is great. All right. Well, Liam, that will bring us to. Oh, well, that sounds like it could be the bonus sound for our bonus point here. Liam, you must have a bonus point. Yeah. And this is I don't know. This is a bizarre one to give, but it's honestly what I thought of when I was thinking about it, uh, you know, wrapping up my notes for this episode is this episode makes me feel good. (laughs) Like I feel like I, like I've said so many times in this episode already, it's what you want from a, a holiday special. You get the themes of togetherness of, of being yourself and, and embracing, uh, you know, a spirit of, of generosity and goodwill and joy and peace and, and, you know, finding yourself and it just, it's just so great. And like, like we mentioned, you know, you and I, you know, loved this episode, watched it every year before we did a DCAU podcast. And, you know, I'll, I'll still be watching this for years to come uh, every, every holiday season. And it's just, I love it so much because it, it, it's just, it's perfect. And I feel good and it's it's not just the nostalgia either because i think sometimes as we've mentioned when we go back and review some of these what we kind of would consider a classic and we really shove it under that critical lens it doesn't it doesn't always hold up quite as well yeah doesn't doesn't mean we don't love those episodes those older episodes still but i i think finding that not only does it have those nostalgia points but also it's it succeeds at kind of everything that it wants to do here it's uh yeah that's that's the plus one for me because like it's mission accomplished and i feel great and i look forward to watching it every year it's it's everything you want in a holiday special that's that's i think that's enough that's enough to make it and justification not that you have to justify your own point but uh, (laughs) that's i i would find it hard to disagree with that i you know we I mentioned uh, to you before we started recording, but I think what's really, really neat about this episode is we so often and in, in, in the prior 84 episodes, there's probably been maybe at least a dozen times where we said, oh, you know, if only this episode had been a two-parter instead, you know, it would have been, been given them the opportunity to flesh this storyline out a little more, give a little more background to this character, or, you know, to, to flesh this point out a little bit more. It's it's ironic that the Justice League, like we mentioned at the start of the episode, typically every other episode is either two or three parts in the original Justice League run. And this is the only one that's a half hour episode and it works perfectly for it. It doesn't yeah. need to be it didn't need to be a two parter. It's self contained. Like we said, there's not a whole lot that has to do with anything else. Uh, continuity wise, but it works so well as a 22 minute episode. Like you said, you, you wrap it up, you have the feel good at the, at the end of the story where everybody's story is resolved and everybody goes home happy. Even 
the villain of the episode, Ultra Human Knight, <laughs> gets a little, you know, he get, not only does he get his redemption story in, in fixing the toy for the orphanage and, and making it educational and fun for them, but then he gets his own Christmas tree that the Flash gives him and, you know, his own feelings of nostalgia celebrating with his family. It's it's so well done. It's such a great episode and, and well well written by Paul, Paul Dini, who perfectly encapsulated like you said so many things that are important during the holiday season and uh that are important to so many people i I concur with you so that would uh that would bring us to our final score liam uh totaling up my points here i have what turns out to be 34 out of 40 so a very strong strong episode uh what did you total up here well if uh, this is a, this is a pretty easy math one for me, uh, <laughs> based on the scores I gave. But in fact, uh, for only the third time for myself and the fourth time total in the history of the show, uh, I have given this episode a forty out of forty. Wow, a perfect score for this holiday episode, comfort and joy. Yeah, I. Uh, for all the reasons we've mentioned, it's such a, a such, it's so perfect. And as we get into wrapping up here, we talk about rewatchability. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as I, said, uh, <laughs> I think you've I, only said it like four times so far, but yeah, this is a this is a this is a must see. Just even for the even if you don't celebrate Christmas, even if you don't you know celebrate the holidays, or you, maybe you don't. Maybe this is a season for you that you don't have a lot of a lot of fun during because that's that's legit that's that's real life for some people but this episode perfectly encapsulates just you know that feeling and it's a fun episode outside of it you can watch honestly i remember watching this for the first time we watched it it was not during the holiday season so you know it's it's fun because it gives you some some depth to your characters uh but it's also a feel good and and leaves you just kind of like I don't know. It's it's a light episode. It's a, it's a it's a good palate cleanser too. If you watch like a very heavy episode, yeah. and uh, you, you need something to to lighten your load a little bit, watch this episode. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, that'll that'll about wrap us up. Uh, but yeah, ha- happy holidays, everybody, and and Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah and everything. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, man, it's uh, this will be our next to last episode of the of the year. We have one more Saturday left in the year of 2019. Liam, why don't you let the listeners at home uh, know what our final Justice League episode will be for the 2019 calendar year? That's right, Cal. And we are ending with a bang, which is a great pun because the episode involves a lot of bombs. Uh, <laughs> It is, in fact, the episode Wild Cards. Uh, ah. And that's what we will be ending the year with. It's a, a fun plot. I mean, it's one of those things on paper. Like, how is the Joker going to take on the entire Justice League by himself? Well, tune in next week and we'll tell you how he did it. There we go. So that's right. Ending ending the year on a fun note. It's a, for my recollection, a very good episode. I've watched this one several times. Be interested to see under the microscope what indeed it looks like. Uh, but yeah, don't forget to make sure you guys uh, follow us on social media. We're at DCAU Review, both on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter is where Liam runs our page, sets up polls. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully be putting up some stats in the next couple, in the next week or so, about some of our uh, favorite episodes of the year, maybe our top ranked episodes, the highest scoring episodes of the year, 
uh, breaking those down. We did that last year. That's always fun to, to check back and see. Plus, you know, let Liam know what you'd like to see maybe in the upcoming year. We have our uh, our January schedule planned out. We'll be talking about that next week. We'll give you a little preview starting next week and what we're going to cover in January. But uh, yeah, we'd love to love to get your ideas on what we can do in the future. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at DCAU Review. And certainly check out that. We post the links to the new episodes. There's always a preview posted of this episode or the, the upcoming episode uh, in the middle of the week, Liam. And uh, definitely we want to get those followers up for the new year. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're so thankful for you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. And uh, we are certainly not done for the year. So uh, make sure you tune back in next week. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Happy holidays. <laughs>